I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday, and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm great. You know, one of the reasons I'm great is yesterday we had the best promo for this podcast in history because your adorable munchkin daughter, Sandra, was here and she signed off the show with us and promoted the podcast. That was amazing. She was, one, she's just adorable and she's always doing silly things at home and when she gets shy, she doesn't. So I actually fully thought she might do what she's done before on her, like plug her ears or Mm -hmm. like swing at me like you know she gets nervous <laughs> so I was a little nervous but she really loved that right away she asked if her friend Yasin would have seen it because he moved sure and she was like do you think Yasin saw it I was like I'm guessing Yasin's in school right now we but sell, we can we send Yasin we need clip. to get a clip yeah, yeah for sure um so what was it like having her at work with you she loved it she cried this morning though because she was like mom I'm so sad that all those fun things or I don't get to do them today she was really upset. I think her favorite part was being here because we work with awesome people. You know this. And mm-hmm. the amount of care taken, like y- you could transform someone's day just by being good to their child and one person. I had about eight um, women in the front, the bullpen, that were doting on her. And to see someone else love your child that way, like my, I was floating watching how much she loved those girls. She's so sweet, though. She's I mean, it's hard It's hard not to love that kid. She's really cute. Um, I, she also really bonded with Sunny, which was adorable. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I don't know what happened here. She comes off the set. She grabs Sunny's arm. And I don't even know how many times she'd interacted with Sunny because I wasn't with her all morning. She was popping around. She said she was going to go with Sunny. When we went up the stairs, I said, do you want to walk up with Mama? No, Sunny. I couldn't get her out of Sunny's dressing room. Then... She said, as we were going, she tried to get Sunny to come to the play, and I think Sunny considered it. Mm-hmm. Um, then she asked if we could have a play date with Sunny. Oh, wow. And finally, when we get done with the show, I was like, let's call Mamu Papu to tell him what you thought of the show because it was such a unique experience for her. She goes, can we FaceTime Sunny? That's I was like all night. Well, here's the thing. Sunny sparkles. And I she don't does. mean that metaphorically. I mean, no, she, she actually physically sparkles. The, yeah. the jewelry, the, her, her pants were glittery. And I think if you're a, a, a girl of the age of your daughter, I mean, she looks magical. She looks like a princess. Yes. Or like, yeah. Or some sort of like unicorn or yep. fairy of some kind. It was. Yeah. So I get it. She was very taken with it. her eyes widened every time she saw her. And it was so sweet because she also I'm a hugger and I. Sunny has been very open about the fact that I'm very physical. In fact, I think after the pandemic, Sunny hoped that uh, shaking hands and hugging would stop, mm-hmm. and it hasn't. And it, Sandra wrapped herself around Sunny's waist. Yeah, she, I jokingly said, "Yeah, definitely say goodbye to Sunny Hugger. She loves that." I didn't know if Sandra would or not. She wrapped around Sunny and didn't want to let go. It's very cute. It's so sweet. And you mentioned the play, but uh, that you're talking about Wicked. You took it. The, you took her to see Wicked yesterday. Wicked's my favorite show. Yeah. Did she love it? She did. It was a. I I forget that you're. I never saw a Broadway show till I was in my 20s. So for her, I forget sometimes noise like the sounds are so loud. Mm-hmm. So she did start the show with her hands on her ears and wanted to know where the exit was, not in case of a fire, but in case she was scared. So she was like, "Mom, if we get scared, we go that way." I was like, "If we get scared, we're going to sit our little butts down because this isn't." My my daughters are Broadway obsessed. So I know they, they are. You uh, found every show tender. I mean, I I did not see a Broadway show until I was twelve years old. It was a tremendous thing. My children have seen dozens of Broadway shows, and one of them is twelve, and one of them is nine. They love it. They l- eat, sleep, breathe Broadway. Love it. And uh, we had Spamalot on the show, which was yes. great. And they were nice enough to uh, invite us to come and see the show this week and to go backstage, which was oh. 
unbelievable, and they got a tour, and they were so happy. It, it melted my heart. But my favorite part was in Spanelot, there's a scene where the British knights come across a French castle. Yep, yep. And the French soldiers come out, and they're all stereotypes of French people. There's someone with a baguette and someone with a French poodle and someone, uh, a French beauty queen that says, France! You know I know Spamalot, right? Yes, so this all happens. I'm explaining for the listeners at home. So they're all coming out and then my uh, daughter turns to me and says, you know, Daddy, if a French person saw this, they'd be very upset. This is really offensive. (laughs) I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So it was uh, anyway, but you loved the show in the end. And uh, it's so much fun to see things through their eyes. And and, and they're the awe like of because my kids got to see Lion King because the Disney anniversary one. And they the cute part was they started saying, did the Papa really die? And the yeah. audience was filled with people who have played all those roles. And they sure. were like, oh, my gosh. I was like, guys, shut, shut up. Let me tell you something. I got a little misty at uh, Mufasa dying. Yeah, that's 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 rough. I'm glad it's represented, though, because sadly, we've dealt a lot with grief on this show and Mm -hmm. been involved with the grief experience camps. So many children lose loved ones or parents that I think as heartbreaking as that is, I love that it's represented in places where kids can find comfort in their storyline. Well, if there's one thing Disney does well, it's uh, show grief for for young children because, oh, it's heart heart wrenching, but really well done. All right. Well. As I mentioned, the cast of Spamalot was just here. and Jonathan Bennett. One of the stars is from your favorite movie, Mean Girls, yes. Aaron Samuels. Uh, he was the one who invited us backstage at the show, which was very lovely. So Max and I are going to meet with he and his husband. We met James and oh, I'd met Jonathan over the years, mm-hmm. but I met his husband when we did a Couples in Quarantine, oh. the little interviews I used to do. Yeah. So we got to know them. And it was so cute when I went up there. I said, I think I can get Max. He's like, oh, I'll make James. You guys can sit together. So I, I we're going to go and sit with his hubs. That's great. You're going to yeah. love it. And um, yeah, no. And of course, like, you know, with your Mean Girls obsession. I try to hold back my quotes, but it's very difficult. Yes. This is one of the the Fantastic Four movies you know by heart. And he did, stop it. He did ask me to come and I said, gruel. Yeah. Is that weird? No, I think it's totally fine. Okay. I think it's totally fine. Um, yeah. And my. Uh, and he said, you can sit with us. My daughter's birthday is October 3rd, which is Mean Girls Day. Which is it is really? Excited. Yes. So How she, did I not know this? She was very excited to. She uh, just played in, or was the other sister? It was the other sister. Okay. Yeah. The other sister was in Mean Girls. Because wait, musical. is it Grace? Grace is, October... uh, Lily's October 3rd. Okay. Yeah. And it was Grace in Mean Girls. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. This is more interesting for you and I than for the audience at home, I think. But that's okay. I love me some inside baseball. Um, speaking of performances, Rita Ora was on the show Friday. Yes. She saw your JLo TikTok and, com- and complimented your dance moves, which is pretty cool. And it seems sincere. Um, she did because she she took the question away to say, I saw you dancing. And yes. I was like, whoa. And, and, you know, burying the lead, you danced in front of JLo. Um, yeah. You make it a point to have fun with these trends. Yes. I, I think it's one of your best qualities that you don't seem capable of being shamed. Um <laughs> I, I really. I'm sure yeah. there's a point eventually we'll all, where I'll. I've yet the to clip. see it. I, I have know, some things I know, planned I for next week, but in general, you seem incapable of embarrassment, which uh, I think is wonderful in a talk show host. Um, have you always been so shameless? Yes, yes. <laughs> mainly because, I, and I trace this to my love of this business and wanting to perform. Mm-hmm. When I know it, a feeling can come from it, usually laughter, but it, it's also taken place in other roles where you just want people to feel. It's a connection. Everyone in a room on a performance or a joke experiences it together. So there's this connectedness. I've That has been like catnip for me my whole life. When I can get a reaction, a, a, like... Sometimes it's a um, I love playing a a joke on someone or any time you get to connect with someone teasing them performing I'm in and these 
these parts of my job, like the TikTok trends or the one I wanted to be on SNL. Yeah. You know that. my So Max, when he saw the, the donut video, mm-hmm. he was like, you are doing everything you can to make your life SNL. And I was like, I will use anything I have to do to create sketch comedy, which I did not create. That was a Nikki's idea from social, but to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then the dances and stuff, I think every time something comes to my desk like that, metaphorical desk, because I don't have one, is um, that's a joke, too. But what job pays you? To watch movies, watch TV shows, get curious, interview people, read books, do a TikTok dance trend, do a comedic sketch. I feel so lucky every day. And when a producer comes, they always come a little tentative. Kim came to me and she's like, so. And I'm like, what is it? And as she's telling me, I'm like, thank you. I started rehearsing immediately. Like, I just, it keeps you young. It gives you such crazy opportunities that when my job's when my job brings me things in life, I always say you have to say yes and figure it out later. And that's great. I'm going to clip this and play it back for you on a bad day. But this oh, is fantastic. I love it. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. No, there are definitely, listen, every job, no matter how glamorous or anything else, has those parts of it that are tough to get through. And it's good to be in touch with the unbelievable benefits of what we get to do. What is what is tough, though? Like, I think there's stresses involved. No, there are stresses yeah. and risks. But when I think about my job, there's not much you've ever brought to me that I can even think hits that level of, oh, this is that part of the job no, I, I hate. Think it's the, listen, it's the public scrutiny that of you that, all have to go through. Which is through, inevitable. Which is, which is significant. And yeah. I, I think also, you know, you're put in positions where you have to ask hard questions of of uh, important people and talk about things that aren't easy for people to talk about and to take a stand on issues that that's people true. feel very strongly about. But I that's not the like, part you hate. That's almost liberating. That's great. That's great. But I think yeah. I think everyone at the table would say the same thing. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think it's I think it's a difficult job. Not everyone would do the TikTok trend. No. Or the donut on your face. No, no. Then no one would do it with as much grace and uh, and excitement. Excitement. Nikki was you. worried I was going to break. She's like, "You're going to laugh." I said, "Nikki, you have never seen me commit to a funny moment." No, I've never like, seen you be funny. Kidding. Cut that Kidding. part, please. Cut it out. Um, no, I, I think that uh, I think it's a great part of it. I do. Um, I, I've embarrassed myself on television many, many times, both in the grand legacy of executive producers being stooges on, on talk shows. Which but I'm, you enjoy it, too. That's the problem is you say like it doesn't ha- like you have no shame, but I have yet to get a shameful opportunity. Yeah, I've embarrassed myself a couple times. In in when I worked at Letterman and I was in comedy skits and I was dressed up as Queen Elizabeth you loved or something it. You like loved that. It. I loved that. Okay, but though, what's the embarrassing part here? Um, I, you know, no, I mean, I I was dressed up as Queen Elizabeth. There were a lot of embarrassing again. Parts. List I the ridiculous. embarrassing parts. You, I saw you. You, yeah, it was pretty bad. I was in drag and, and so my legs did not look good. Yeah, but it was so fun. The yeah. moment was. Yeah, if you get a chance to YouTube uh, Brian Tetta. David no, send Letterman. the video, the, the little tube. I'm not going to send them. Who, who am I going to send to? No. Okay. All right. So bottom line, you have no shame. We appreciate it. You sing off key to Dolly Parton and you're fine. off key. You were very off I key. I was not off key. Incredibly off key. No, it was not even that far off. I was getting closer with every note. Okay. Well, that's true. You, you did not have the worst voice at the table. Exactly. I was in show choir. Yeah. I'm not a soloist. I'm a chorus girl, but I know music. I no. played piano and did chorus all the way through college. Yeah. No, you have do not have the worst... Uh, voice at the table. I almost made the Smith acapella group, mm-hmm. but another girl got it instead. But it wasn't because I was off tune. It was she was better, but whatever. Okay, DM so I me. Can't sing. DM me if you'd like to know who has the, the worst voice at the table. I know who has the worst, but go on. She knows too, which is fine. <laughs> um, all right. In the meantime, um, also, I wanted to just touch on uh, 
the note passing from yesterday because oh. this is getting a lot of attention. Wait, are we allowed to? No, we can't say what's okay. in the note. But um, I just wanted to, to get, and I like people wondering. Okay, about so it. I'm going to stay very vague on this. Yes, that was one of my favorite moments I've ever had on this show because I did not see it coming. So for those who don't know, uh, Sonny got busted passing a note to Joy in the middle of a segment, and then I saw the note. Yes, and then Whoopi busted us because she's the teacher, and it was so. The best part was, and I'm going to be vague. There was a conversation happening in commercial, mm-hmm. and a bunch of the audience started whooping and hollering and joy said what was that about and it had been about um sunny had some great shoes on and she was showing her shoes she makes a line when she comes back to the table because we had all been having separate break-off conversations and what she wrote on that note was just really unexpected and i was dead yeah no it was uh i've i've since seen the note and destroyed the note and uh no one will ever hear the contents I, of it it is but... imprinted in my brain so someday yeah. when i write that book i'll never write don't worry i will definitely put the note in all right fantastic it's good to know if you see sarah buy her a couple drinks maybe she'll spill um, you don't even need a couple i'm really <laughs> eager to do it right now and i'm completely do sober just kidding just kidding we'll be right back after this Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to more serious things. We had Wendy Williams' niece today, Mm. uh, Alex, on with us to discuss the new documentary about her titled Where is Wendy Williams? After we taped the interview, Wendy and her care team released a statement saying she had been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia and frontotemporal dementia. Yeah. It's very sad. What what was your takeaway from this? Well, so going one heartbroken for for her, for her family, for all that um, was in this documentary on full display. But I remember back, and you'll remember this, Brian. Uh, when I was at the show, I wanted to go see Wendy, Sunny, and I. 
Remember? Yeah, I do. And Derek, who's my dear friend who also works here, and hearing everyone had connections with Wendy, this is the best part. We try to get tickets through all our hair and make it. Brian's like, you could ask for tickets. Like, we could probably arrange with a show. But we got tickets, and they were going to put us in the front row. And I had always loved Wendy because... She had this unapologetic quality. She's so opposite of me in mm-hmm. how she handles herself. She doesn't mind being uncomfortable, pointed, direct. She's She just says it. She's kind of like off off the handle like yeah. all the time. I wanted to witness that. I went. I loved it. We have pictures of me. I think I was pregnant with Sandra, and we're taking pictures from the front row, and you're like, you literally are on camera in the front row of another show. Yeah, I was not happy about it no, at the I time. No, I remember. Because I, I just thought, you it was early in the time you worked here, I think. Yeah, I and, think it was my first two years. Yeah, yeah, and you and Sonny just going to hang out, just to be in the audience of a, another talk we show. We could not understand why. We were like, I Brian. Was like, Guys, this is not what happens. You don't like look in our audience and see Oprah hanging out in the second row. It just is not how We're not exactly grow. Oprah. No. But, um, but, <laughs> no but. Even if you put two of us together, we are not. Fair Oprah enough. level. All right. Well, but I get what you mean. But we were so mad at you. We were like, why is he not celebrating this? We're so excited. We took so many pictures that day. Right. And that captured my whole love of Wendy. Wendy was just irreverent, crazy. She said, I didn't know her in her radio days. So when Whoopi's filled me in on, you know, she mm-hmm. really pushed the limit no, on she's radio. She's an icon in daytime yeah. television. Yeah. Just yeah. To to know kind of what she went through with some of her personal life and how like your heart went out to her and then to not know where she is, to talk to her niece and then within minutes find out that right. it was a, a, a bad diagnosis. It yeah. just, it's Which, sad. Yeah. So we found that out after we had spoken yeah. uh, to her niece because we had pre-taped it earlier um, in the day. And it, it's just heartbreaking. And um, I'm so sorry for her. And we all are because she feels like kind of part of the daytime family. Yeah. She's been on The View many times. We've always had a great relationship. uh, And for her family, who's been so concerned for her for years, that was the segment was all about how getting to her. And so now I hope whatever is going on with her being away from them, they can finally hug, hold her and be there for her through this. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. And we'll keep everybody uh, posted on on what we learn and and hopefully we get to see her again. Absolutely. all right. And better news, your first episode of What Would You Do aired this week. One portion of the episode that really stuck with me was when a young mom was being shamed for breastfeeding in public. Yes. How did you think people were going to respond to this? So I didn't know for sure because I also know we were in Iowa. Right. And g- getting out of the social experiment of it all and whether you know people are OK with that or if it's generational, all the things. You're in Iowa. And one thing I know in Iowa, you know, is there's a certain amount of respect for people's privacy, getting involved. It's not the crazy of New York City, which I've now been in for longer than I was in Iowa, where Mm -hmm. you I tend to think you step in and people are a little more bold. So I wasn't sure what I was going to see. I like every time I watched that show, I was moved to tears at one point, you know, because breastfeeding for anyone that's done it, it's very personal to me. I breastfed all three kids. The more nervous you are, the less the baby picks up on that. Like Mm -hmm. I I had a hard time breastfeeding in public, not because anyone cared, holding the baby's weight up, getting, you know, I wanted to be covered. I remember going to a barbershop in Brooklyn to prove, because I said to Max through tears, I want to know I can do this out and about because I felt myself, I was anchored to my couch in my living room. This only place I could successfully breastfeed. Same spot every day. And I said, I need to get out. I need to figure this out because women do it everywhere. And I feel so incompetent not being able to do this. And I remember going, no one cared in the Brooklyn shop, but I start crying because I couldn't get Alec to to latch. And the more I talked about it with people, they said, when you're stressed, the baby's not going to like, and he was a good breastfeeder, Mm -hmm. but I could not do it. To watch a woman 
and I couldn't help but project my own sensitivities about breastfeeding. And then to see people, it was staged, it was an actor saying, that's not, you know, I'm eating here. Like, don't do that. It hit a little too close to home. You know, it was really emotional. But the people that stepped in were phenomenal. Many people stepped in. Many people. Yeah. In fact, there was a man that was off camera. We didn't, you see it in the episode, but he was out of the range of the setup. And he had the most beautiful response, like pleading with the man to stop. And then we even tried it where we put a woman in because I, th- I was curious, would, it, would people react differently if it wasn't that presence of a male figure on a female? What about if it was female to female? Right. And people stepped in again. They yeah. showed up like they always do. And it, it's, it's gut-wrenching, and, 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 but it's also hopeful to watch people willing to help out strangers. Yeah, it seems more, like, more often than not, your faith is, is Every, redeemed. And by the way, what you don't see because it would be awful TV is how long we wait. You know, you're setting it up and right. people need to not know you're there. So once you have the scene broken, now you got to clear out the whole area and start again. There's a lot of downtime where you're not seeing those magical moments because it's you're waiting and waiting and you start to think, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. And every time. So when you're filming this, you're in your your home state. Yeah. Were you recognized? Were did people? Oh well, once so it recognized sometimes when I was out there. Yes, but since the majority of this happens, and I think if you're not uh, an, av- you weren't part of what would you do at this point publicly? So nobody knew. To no one you knew. With that, yeah, right? no one would have known. They knew me from the View. Mm-hmm. They knew me a little bit from my own show. The, the Chase mm-hmm. gets a lot of attention, but I'm behind closed doors. When I come out, it's really cute because John Quinones is such a presence. Yes. I mean, and by the way, over time you start to blur the lines of him being the angel like you you associate all the goodness of the show with john right so from the day i met john a smile it's like meeting a person of faith like a leader like a pastor i always say they're people of the cloth they a lot of times you feel something special about them Mm -hmm. john carries that light i'd come around the corner and i felt the need to start by saying i'm so sorry it's not john (laughs) because i wanted john you know like and it, it was sweet though once they did not put it together right until I explained, mm-hmm. I'm working with John Kenyonis. Oh, you know. There we go. It was awesome. Um, are people ever upset when they find out? They are. They yeah. are. There were, um, and so, by the way, there's always legal, perco- they course. sign off waivers. Mm-hmm. We don't put anyone on that doesn't want to be on. But I remember um, there was a table of these, these, you know, th- three men that even when the cameras were down, you know, and everyone was off and we're like, we're not shooting you. The man would barely make eye contact with me. And I was trying to, it's not good TV. I was no longer doing my job. I wanted them to know we weren't violating them. Yeah. And because I, I carry this brand of what would you do with such careful hands as a fan and knowing, again, John Kenyon, like I don't want to mess anything up. I went out of my way to tell them, hey, like just so you understand, we're really trying to tap in. And they wanted no, even though they were saying sentences, because one of them had stepped in a little. He would not even look in my eyes. And I was so like hurt because while you're seeing the humanity of all that's good, you're also seeing some people that feel rightly a little duped. But you can't get this part of people, this gift of these episodes without putting them there, not knowing their cameras, because the point is to catch people when metaphorically I'm doing air quotes. No one is watching. Yes. That's when you see heroes. Yes. So. Um, speaking of heroes, nobody does more air quotes on a podcast than Sarah Haynes. I, I do all in. visuals it's, because I've turned this into a miming game, yeah. which is awkward for an audio-driven medium. But it's, it's fascinating to me how often you— uh, I do, right? Make, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Um, all right. Well, no, listen, I, I'm a big fan of What Would You Do? I'm very excited that you're on it, and I'm excited to see the rest of it. It's going to yes. be a lot of fun. Um, have there been any instances in your real life that you think could make a good test or example for What Would You Do? Oh, gosh. Well, it's not it's not great, but this last weekend I was in Florida, yeah. and I saved a dog on a highway. My sister literally thought— What? What happened? Well, so we're driving. It, it's not a major interstate. It was one of those, like— uh, it wasn't even two lane actually. It was it was turning into a highway. We were crossing through the back like part of Florida. Yeah. And I see a car pulled over and all of a sudden I see a movement, a little movement on the road. And I was like, oh my God, it's a dog. I my sister was in the car, her kids were in the car, her boyfriend. I pull over. I, I and I immediately am out of my car to stop traffic. I just like jump in front of my sister. Very dangerous. Well, it was, but it was like I I started jumping up and down so the cars coming down could see like there's I was pointing like there's because if you even glimpse, you'll see this little thing going across mm-hmm. another really faithful moment. When I got back to the car, I almost cried because I was so happy. Everyone stopped because technically in a car, you could just be like, you Were know, you able to get the dog or the dog. Yeah. Just, so oh, the dog great. was petrified. Um, and he was running and then he started to go into ongoing traffic. So oh, I, I jumped across and I, the, the cars were not whizzing by me and like right here, they were like ahead of me. So I started getting as big as I could and I'm like pointing and there, we're stopping and we were able to, he jumped into our car. So he came back and in the well, I hadn't even shut the door, which right. is also not great, at, you know, on the highway, but, um, the enough cars had stopped around us that there were like brake lights, emergency lights. But I was really like, I, there there was no pause. I just leapt. And when you talk about dogs, he jumped into our car, and then it was sweet. These two, this young a couple drove by, and they knew at this point what was going on, and they said, "We'll take care of the dog." And I was like, "He has no he has no um, tags." And I thought I we could take him home, post it, wash him. But with having kids and being with my parents, and I was so glad they came along. They're like, "We got it." And the woman came over, and she wasn't even scared. The dog was hunkering down in my wheel, wheel well, mm-hmm. and she just swept him up, held him, and took him away. But I went home feeling like it wasn't about what I did. Knowing every car, people started putting on their emergencies, pulling out so no traffic could go by. It was right. just—I wouldn't advise it, but I would do it again ten times. This happened when? Uh, Saturday. Okay, it's Thursday, and this is the first time you've mentioned this. This would have been good. Any show this week or oh, anything yeah. else? But like, I mean, it's, a, it's not about—it's not really about me. That yeah, it fits within the "what would yeah. you do" moment. Okay, but it—I it, saw a lot of people doing what I hoped they would. All right. Well, that's very good. That's very good. In the future, when you risk your life to save a dog over the weekend, maybe mention it Monday morning. I'm just saying, like, there's opportunities here to talk about this on the show. Well, it feels a little but, funny to sit there and go, "Guess what I did over the weekend." All right. Well, I'm glad you did it. Well, the dog is okay. That's the most important thing. Yes. And the people that took him look like animal lovers. They looked like two little hippies that were like excited to save him. So, yeah. One was named Cruella. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're awful. All right. Before we wrap, I hear you have an upcoming dinner date that you're very excited mm. for. Tell me about this. After two years at the show, Alyssa, Alyssa and her husband, Justin, Max and I are going out for dinner tonight. So, this has almost happened a few times. Yes. But we've also hung out at a wedding. We hung out at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We stayed right. in the same hotel so we could have drinks together. But we have yet to do a let's put it on the calendar and go to dinner. And tonight is the night. Oh, great. That's I'm great. I'm so excited. That's great. Any uh, So just dinner and uh, just, drinks? Or? Well, we're starting. It's funny because I have always been this way. But Max was worried because the uh, reservation, they had said 6 o'clock. And they, he could only get them at this restaurant he picked at 515. Mm-hmm. 
I write Alyssa feeling like we look like the old people with kids. And she mm-hmm. writes back, yes, Justin and I love an early bird special. <laughs> You're going to run into joy. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's great. We were all excited because we're like, yes, we can have a drink and relax and take our time. That's great. I hope you still like each other afterwards. Oh, we will. Every time we've hung out, Alyssa's like one of those people, the more you get to know her, the more you like her. Mm-hmm. And I already really liked her from the beginning. I, li- I I always enjoy it. And there's always good stories that come out of uh, yeah. the host socializing off camera. So we're going to take some snaps. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And uh, the husband's getting along. The husband's love yeah. it because Max loves to have conversations about at Carly's wedding. They got so deep into politics yes. that they were like, and unemotionally, like, what about this? We had to like take them apart. Yeah. It was no, cute. I, I got in, uh, into that with Justin. You were there. I forgot yeah. you were at the bar during that conversation. Yes, I was. Yes, yes I would. No, so they get along fine. Yes, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Sarah. Tomorrow we have a fun episode while we join by Joy Behar and Woo! her best friend, Susie <gasps> Essman. Susie Essman's going to be on the podcast. She is. Susie Essman is going to be on the uh, podcast. It's very exciting. Can I come watch? You can come watch. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, the number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from? And does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.